catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. From Nairobi to Cape Town, Cairo to Tunis, Lagos to Ouagadougou, we're Africa's premier online radio discussing technology, not just from Africa, but as it impacts Africa. Trust me when I say that you won't get this perspective anywhere else. I'll be here till about midday and it'll be great if you stay with me till then. Tell me what you think. Text me on WhatsApp. You can also send me a voice note. 0913-558-1766. If you're texting or sending a voice note from outside Nigeria, please add plus 234. You can also chat with me. Let's have a good time. Or you can also follow on social media, Twitter and Facebook. That's where we share most of our stories and experiences. We're at Africa Tech Radio on Twitter and Facebook. While on Instagram, we are at A Tech Radio. So while some complain of Mondays and others of Wednesdays, I just keep moving and wishing for the day when someday, one day and any day, okay, maybe let's add every day today, yeah? When these days will be added to the days of the week to make up for the lost weekend and provide equal opportunities for all. I sincerely think that there are some unnamed days of the week like the ones I just mentioned and I advocate for them. You can call that justice for one being justice for all also uh, there wouldn't be work days like weekdays nah they're gonna be a part of the long long weekend welcome to my side of tech i am tony i share experiences and stories about technology impacting africa here from 9 a.m west african time to midday every weekday it's just gotten started let's get away hand in hand a tech asian like a techation did you get that? I meant a tech vacation. It's already gotten started. Like, it's already started, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Okote, I need someone who would actually go with me on this tech vacation. Would you? We're starting right about now. After midday, we'd meet physically for it. You're listening to Tony's Tech Side. Yes, so we had to do Lagbaja there with prayer for the youth. And... Nigeria is what I had on my mind when, you know, I thought of that song by Lagwaja, Prayer for the Youth. And I would say so because Nigeria, again, is at a vantage point. It's a point where anything can actually happen. And it seems that a lot of Nigerians have come to that realization that the ballot can be a way to bring around change. In 2015, the word change was the most, I think, used political word in 2015. And that was when the Buhari administration got into power after some protests, fill hike and all other things that came with it. 2019, a lot of Nigerians kind of like just felt like, you know what, let's just let it go. If we tried in 2015 with the change mantra and we still have not really been able to see this change come to reality or fruition, then maybe we're not just meant for change. 2022-2023, another election cycle. This time, it's a change of administration, one handing over to another. And there seems to be that hope that was around in 2015 seemed to have resurfaced. But then I've noticed a rather 
tricky, dicey, and dangerous trend. 2015, 2023. Riots. Unease. Protests. Lagos, Ibadan. Uh, and these things are not just because people are unsatisfied with how Nigeria is, but because of the unsatisfaction that has come from the most recent policies of the current administration, which, you know, some candidates who are gunning for that presidential seat think is targeted at them. But I wanted to also note that the youths over the past three or four cycles of elections in Nigeria have maintained the highest number when compared to other age groups in Nigeria. But still, that which Nigeria needs, Nigeria hasn't gotten it, or Nigerians do not believe they have gotten it. Will the youth population of the voters, total voting population in 2023 make any difference whatsoever? That is a big conversation to have with youth, youthful leaders, youths generally, and all those within the voting age of 18 to 24, 35, depending on you know how you describe youth. But then we'll just move quickly into the rubbles of tech history for today. 1959, February 17, the Vanguard 2, the first weather satellite in space, was launched to measure cloud cover distribution. The satellite is still in orbit today and is expected to continue to orbit for about 300 years what is a weather satellite or a meteorological satellite it's a type of earth observation satellite that is primarily used to monitor the weather and climate of the earth satellites can be those that orbit the polar that's the area covering the entire earth or geostationary that's hovering over the same spot on the equator yeah the north and the south pole polar orbiting while primarily used to detect the development and movement of storm systems and other cloud patterns these satellites can also detect other phenomena like city lights fires effects of pollution sand and dust storms snow cover ice mapping boundaries of the ocean currents and energy flows these things are really important because as we advance the discussion around climate change it's important for us to be able to monitor these things someone was just saying yesterday in lagos it's like the hamatan the cold has returned i don't know by this time it's supposed to be raining but i think we're having maybe a prolonged not even prolonged hamatan because nobody really understands what's happening anymore it's like did the carriers go where we don't know anyways let's learn a tech word before we begin to drift or you know get away from what we're supposed to do while we're here today so learn a tech word today habits they say you know brings such good virtues the tech word for today is database management system dbms it's just a software package that's designed to store to retrieve to query that's ask find and manage data now, user interfaces, you also known as UI. You know, when I say UI UX designer, UI UI, okay, UI is user interface. User interfaces usually allow data to be created, read, updated, and deleted by authorized entities. Now, these systems, there's database management systems, are important because they provide programmers, database administrators, and end users, you and I, with a centralized view of data and free applications and end users from having to understand where the data is physically located. So you don't need to know, you know, that, oh, this thing is here or it is here. There is a database management system that you can use to find whatever you want without knowing where it is, exactly where it is, store whatever you want and manage, like rearrange and sort out whatever you want. So for example, 
if all the information you get on a particular website especially a website where maybe you have to register for something or you need to bring your information out like most of the government related websites here where you have to ask for a certain information call out a certain information put your information to get another information like put your name and maybe a specific number so you can get your profile out and then either fill out you know something in your profile add to something in your profile and send those information back into your profile and then to be implemented into your profile so the next time you call for that information or any other person calls for that information they see an updated profile Mm -hmm. exactly so you don't really need to know that this is on a computer somewhere all you just need to do is just query the system ask and find things and do whatever you have to do and manage the data and even store um, new information or even you know like delete you know say i no longer want this to be in my profile or in your database and then you know it just gets implemented now there are application program interfaces which is also known as api right that handle these requests and responses for specific types of data over the internet there are some database management systems that are very very popular for example you have access it's in the microsoft office and office 365 you have amazon rds it's a native cloud database management system that offers engines for managing things like mysql oracle sql server and the rest of them and then you have MySQL. It's an open source relational database management system that is owned by Oracle. So those are like just a few examples. And just to remind you again, a database management system is any software package that is designed to store, to retrieve, to query, and to manage data. Exactly. Why are they important? Because they provide everybody the programmers at the back end, the database administrators, those people who can say they agree, you know, they approve of whatever information you're adding or removing. Yeah. And then you, the customer, the end user, the client, they give everybody, right, in the chain a centralized view of the data. And also free applications and free you, the end user, from having to understand where exactly the data is physically located. So it's just there. You don't need to know exactly where. But these things will help you call out, they will help you manage, they will help you sort whatever information is stored anywhere. So I hope you learned the tech world today. And I hope with how deep we went into, you know, the ripples of history today, you know, you kind of like have some inspiration. I don't know how or where, but then it sets you off for the weekend, seeing that you have worked so hard through the week and you can finally actually take a break through the weekend, get recharged and return in the new week a new person not just a new person but a person with a new better improved mindset to ensure that you get all your goals running for the new week and the rest of the year the year is still new so let's make the best out of what is left of the year we are africa tech radio so let's not keep you wondering what exactly is happening. One of the major things happening in Nigeria is the redesign of the Naira notes. And the CBN recently said that they're not going back. And the presidency being led by the president, Muhammadu Buhari, yesterday announced that only the 200 Naira notes being the old one 
or the one before the new design yeah the one with the old design only those ones would be in circulation will be legal tender till april but the 500 and 1000 naira notes will just like the cbn said not be legal tender anymore so even from like last week and if you have those old notes still with you you're required to submit it to the central bank of nigeria also the cbn people did not know i missed all of the whoa, you know all of the noise and everything happening they really did not know that the cbn also launched a portal for the depositing of old naira notes now this notification so there's a link on the portal to enable anyone to deposit old naira notes in their possession and when i tried getting in there's just one button get started provide all the required information to proceed that's your depositor type your depositor type being either your corporate or an individual so it means it doesn't say oh maybe if you're a business you shouldn't have it so i think they're saying you know you can have cash right with you but then bring the, the cash in especially for those who still want to find a way to spend the cash legally mm-hmm now you can select the bank that you have where you are connected to yeah your account number your account name your phone number your email address and i can't see bvn here i hear people saying this supposed to be bvn thing here your address and you know the amounts if it's 200 500 or a thousand and then the total deposit then you generate a reference number and then you can also come back to track you know that this has been on so i think what the cbn will be doing reward they would work with efcc to ensure that it's not stolen funds it's not funds from kidnapping and ransom taking and it's not funds that nobody's sure where you got them from right but they're like funds that are legal but then also can we set a longer timeline for things like this right and when you're done with this form right by the way that's not the end though you have to take the cash the old naira notes to the closest cbn branch to you lagos wherever every state has a cbn branch yeah if you're in lagos you know it's marina if you're in anambra that's in southeast it's in oka it's usually in the state capital usually so while i think it's a good move the whole redesign thing i think it was well thought out but in the usual nigerian way they didn't think of like the general masses just thought about oh the two percent we want to deal with let's deal with them how about the 80 percent that would be like collateral damage from the two percent you want to deal with Mm -hmm. exactly so moving on away from here to yesterday something really interesting happened i got notifications from mac mac zuckerberg i was shocked and i was like well okay if it's ig then i'm safe because i know it's mac if it's ig he has the blue tick you know not the usual one like the real one and yesterday i also found out just a few hours ago actually that he used that notification to announce the launch of a broadcast chat feature on ig called channels now this feature allows creators to share a post with all their followers in the form of a direct message channels support text images polls reactions and more and he announced the feature by starting his own broadcast channel so the first broadcast channel officially to be created on ig zuckerberg yesterday the 16th of february 2023 and he also said that it's coming to facebook and to messenger very soon now mac also said that this feature is being tested by creators in the us but will be expanded to facebook and messenger in the coming months and you can also post on broadcast channels followers can react to content and participate in polls ig also will add more features to broadcast channels such as the ability to bring other creators into the channel to discuss upcoming collaborations and collect questions for an ama via question prompts 
so how does it work so after sending your first message your followers will receive a one-time notification to join the channel he asked that i do but i didn't then that was yesterday talking mark here i don't want to join his channel because i don't want to receive you know all of those messages when the channel is live creators can encourage our followers to join by using the join channel sticker in stories and very soon creators will be able to pin their channels to their profile so you can join it's just like broadcast literally broadcast chat you can join and just keep receiving messages it won't be spam like just keep spamming me the same way i don't know not anything else but that's my final reaction to that now moving on from that to youtube ceo stepping down after nine years at the helm of affairs and the chief product officer neil mohan taking over youtube as a senior vice president susan watchick is stepping down from her post she announced this in an email that was sent to employees and youtube also posted that yesterday publicly she's been at google for nearly 25 years but will be stepping back to start a new chapter focused on health family personal projects that she's passionate about why does everyone use this line like were you not passionate about some things before were you not putting time you know certain time apart for your family or for health or for personal projects i don't understand so whoever she's handing over to and it's not whoever it's neil mohan he's currently the chief product officer of youtube he'll be taking over as head of the video streaming service called youtube and i hear that both of them have been working together he was really important in youtube's products like youtube tv youtube music premium and shorts and also he led the company's trust and safety team through this time so he's always been like a good pal to her so why wouldn't she hand over to him well i don't know but that's that's literally it now the third story i'll be sharing today which i think is important is smartphone markets in africa shrinking by 18 percent in 2022 africa's smartphone market shrunk by 18 percent compared to the previous year 2021 according to data from international data corporation idc this slump according to them was driven by a reduction in consumer spending due to inflation economic uncertainties but it wasn't just it's not just unique to africa generally smartphone shipments reduced across major markets last year 2022 the global smartphone markets experienced an 11% decline. In total, 73 million units were shipped into Africa with South Korea, Samsung and Chinese brand Techno and Itel accounting for 65% of the total shipments. So Samsung, Techno and Itel are the leading brands that were shipped into Africa. Devices costing less than $200 accounted for 82% of the total smartphone shipment and Egypt and Tunisia experienced the greatest year-on-year declines of 63 and 33 percent respectively kenya and south africa were the least affected because they had a four and a five percent year-on-year decline respectively and the continent shipped 93.4 million feature phone units in 2022 as the market marked the 18 percent year-on-year drop yeah this is like the general thing so transition from feature phones to smartphones is not yet over and a young and a tech-savvy population is quickly rising. These are two big factors for an optimistic outlook on the large addressable smartphone market that is yet to be served in Africa. Quote, unquote, the IDC. That's the International Data Cooperation. Let's take some breather. 
here way back that's what i've been doing playing you classic nigerian songs from the 80s and the 90s this one is felix liberty if you do not know him then i'm sorry i don't know you need to know who he is ngozi that's an Igbo name and it means blessings that's what i wish you as we get into the weekend africa tech radio your plug for all things tech and we're starting in Kenya, this second half of the most juiciest stories you can find around tech about technology on the continent where Kenya is on the move to building two privately owned $298 million power transmission lines which will cover a 237-kilometer area. This will be the first in Africa. It's a PPP, that's a public-private partnership, and it's being developed by Pan-African investment firm Africa 50 with Power Grid Corporation of India Limited being a technical and minority equity partner. Government of Kenya intends to pilot transmission line and PPCs by way of the financing, design, construction, operation and maintenance of the 400 kV 165 km Losuk Lesos transmission line and the 220 kV 72 km Kisumu Musaga transmission line. These projects will also incorporate associated infrastructure such as electricity substations. You see all of these things I've just said. The two projects will cost about $300 million and the operation of the two lines is aimed at improving power system reliability and promoting electricity access in the western region of the country. The project will be the first independent power transmission in Kenya and it comes at a time the government is betting on private capital to undertake big money infrastructure projects amidst a cash crunch at the exchequer. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Kenya should not turn out to be like Nigeria and should not also turn out to be like South Africa. Like, no jokes. It's important that these moves are made early on and that they actually are seen to have worked or be working before we now take our eyes off them and move on to other things. Those who live in South Africa and Kenya will understand what I mean when I say Kenya should not get to this point. If you can see it before it happens and stop it from happening, right? If you can make electricity reliable, then you know you can solve a lot of problems for a lot of people on the continent. Also, Tanzania say they are ready to trade under the AFCFTA guided trade initiative. Now, the Deputy Permanent Secretary, Lord of the President of Tanzania, Mama Samia, for championing the AFCFTA Youth and Women Protocol, and also said that Tanzania is ready to trade under the Africa Continental Free Trade Area Guided Trade Initiatives. And the ministry has rolled out awareness campaigns for businesses interested to import intermediary inputs or exporting products to the continent through the AFCFTA Guide Trade Initiative. I attended one or two of these things in Nigeria sometime in 2022 or 2021 even. Yeah, I can remember that. It was good and the reasons behind them were beautiful. But then, till now, there are still things that need to be considered or moves that need to be. It's like everyone just slept on the AFCFTA thing for a while 
and like Kenya, we're all trying to like you know finish elections in Kenya, finish elections in Nigeria, settle things in the political things happening in South Africa. Friends, say, eh, so what were you saying about AFCFTA? Well, I hope that this over one billion worth market people in people in population size, we don't sleep on it and we make the best out of it. Now, this is still talking the continent where. UNICEF and the Africa Development Bank have reported that civil registration gaps and opportunities exist in Africa and civil registration and vital statistics systems are being gradually digitized in African nations and the pictures of both of how they're proceeding, you know, how they should proceed is a bit clearer or it's becoming quite clearer. Yeah. Now, the representative of UNICEF, Haska Misra, said, you know, innovation, cost and safety are the three key elements of digitization and also talked about the importance of getting civil registration business processes correct from the beginning of developing the system, right? Because post-digitization cost corrections are not only prohibitively expensive, but most times they do not work. Like they seldom work. Now, UNICEF advised that validation should be done at registration stage to perform certification simultaneously and processes must take into account accessibility and the digital divide with a hybrid approach and alternatives to use an ID number to prevent the system from causing exclusion. This is really, really important. I always say this thing every time when I hear things around, you know, the digitizing processes, not just digitizing processes, but also when we want to include people into the digital economy in quotes, yeah? How prepared are we to also ensure that while trying to include people, we do not exclude people? It's important because you may think that, oh, you're trying to get 50 million on, in a population of over 150 million and you are automatically excluding 100 million that cannot be included in that system. It's really important for us as we're digitizing our ID systems, not just trust, but also ensuring that we provide for alternatives, alternatives. And that's like the only way we can actually build that trust that we want in that system. Because when people trust that they will not be excluded, even if they are not a part currently of the new digital wave or they're not included in this new digital move yeah that's trying to bring everyone over the board they still like now want to be a part of it right they now try their best to to do whatever they can to try to get or be a part of it yeah i'm talking trust mm -hmm. a report has it that israeli hackers allegedly hacked into the private conversation of two aides to kenya's president william ruto during last year's election that's the 2022 election and this is according to an investigation the investigation was carried out by a consortium of journalists and published in outlets including israel's haaretz and the guardian of the united kingdom and claims that days before Kenya's 2022 election, a hacker gave a demonstration of his capabilities showing how he could use hacking techniques to infiltrate the messages of political advisors. The undercover reporters posing as potential clients were given a guided tour of the hacked telegram and email accounts of five different targets in Kenya, including Dennis Itumbi, who was a political advisor for William Ruto, then vice president, and Davis Chicher, the former chief of staff. The report identifies the alleged hackers as former Israeli special forces led by an operative called Tal Hanan. He's quoted as saying that he had led a team called Team Jorge to access Mr. Shisher and Mr. Itumbi's account as part of an intelligence gathering and disinformation campaign against Ruto's campaign team. 
He has since said via his Twitter account that he was aware of increased activity on his Telegram account towards the end of last year's campaign and he stopped using his Telegram for any communication. This is from Mr. Itumbi, that's one of the advisors of William Ruto. The investigation does not reveal, however, who hired the hacking team. Neither the states nor the opposition has commented on the report so far. The alleged attempt at interference did not prevent Mr. Ruto from being declared president. The main opposition leader, Raila Odinga, challenged the results on grounds that the final results were manipulated in favor of Mr. Ruto, but his petition was thrown out by the courts because of insufficient evidence. Now, this ties to the discussion, age-long discussion of trust. Trust, really, really important. If people cannot trust the system, trust is on the line, everything, everything, literally. And I think that's like where I'm just going to leave it. When I return in a few minutes, probably five minutes, I would share my closing remarks and then give way to much more entertaining and educative programs here on Africa Tech Radio. If you ask me what caused this, because I know in 2022, accusing fingers were pointed to Facebook and Meta at trying to infiltrate and somehow, you know, change the course of the elections in Kenya. But then it looks like Meta has been freed of all the things they accused them of. And now we're seeing some people from Israel who paid them. How did this happen? What caused this to happen? Maybe Baba Frayu can tell us. Choose us for 100% tech. Africa Tech Radio. Well, Baba Frayu just explained it in just a few minutes. And I hope you understand. Before I run out of the studio now. Okay, today, the word news that we're looking at today is... I think it's also a notice me kind of move, right? Because it's, by the way, I didn't make this up myself, yeah? It's a gadget that might be a little bit amusing if you hear me say it, yeah? So there's an invention in Japan that turns a tie into an umbrella. You know, when it snows, for those who, you know, it snows in, you know, Japan, right? And maybe when it rains too, yeah? How about you can remove your tie and immediately make an umbrella out of it maybe this could come in handy you just don't know i mean the humble businessman that you know just so happens to you know double up have a portable umbrella but it's just around your neck i mean around the corner of your chest i don't know i feel like it's notice me it is extra but then looking at the picture from where i am it really doesn't look like it's that much of a problem because if you have your jacket or your suits i mean your blazer on it just look like a normal regular tie but then when it starts raining cats and dogs voila just like the magician you whip it off out of your neck and then there is cover for the rain and cover for the snow. Thank you very much for staying on this side. By the way, I didn't make that up. And if you want to have an idea of what that is, you need to go to Japan. And then, you know, just let me know. I'll send you to where you can get it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Don't You're welcome. Don't worry. I'm here, 9 a.m. West African time, up until midday. I share wonderful stories about technology, experiences too, about technology and how technology is impacting Africa. Return, I will on 
Monday, 9 a.m. West African time again. But for now, Ayanga by Black Reverence. That's the classic Nigerian song I'll be leaving you with. A lot more classic songs coming on. Don't worry. No, don't rush. Don't rush. But for now, Tony Stexai returns on Monday, 9 a.m. West African time on Africa Tech Radio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.